Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anytime I hear the word trachea, I think of Radar <laughs> sticking a ballpoint pen in a guy's neck so he can survive on the way to get back to the mash unit. <laughs> and always will. Like, that's just burned <laughs> into my brain for life. All I think right. really I, got out of hand. I we had like a false fact by Timmy, a guess by me, and then we ended up with Radar doing surgery on MASH in the 70s. And well, by the way, Jeff ate and watching TV by himself. Like, this is really, that didn't, didn't work out for us. You know, the older crowd is excited about the MASH reference. Uh, yeah, the Radar, the, the Radar Facebook discussion group, Gary Berghoff's discussion group, <laughs> the roof. and I just pulled off Radar's actor's name, off the top of my head. 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. Fellas, how are you this evening? Uh, welcome to 2011. Can you believe it? We are 10 episodes away from the, from the end run. Crazy sure. to think about. I actually thought we were much older than we are. I thought this would take longer. Right. <laughs> it it kind of reinforces that we are young and hip. Right. On this that's really, that's, that's <laughs> Good luck I'm with feeling. that. I like that for sure. Stick with that story. That'll work for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 2011. And, and by the way, welcome to the uh, Music City Podcast Network. I sometimes forget to say that. And, and we are just thrilled to be part of the Music City Podcast Network family, um, uh, the guys who who take care of our website, the guys who promote us, uh, all these different great podcasts. Please check them out as as the run uh, begins to close out here. What are you talking about? Is, oh, this is how you tell us that you're cutting us loose. This is it. No huh? way. We're gonna have a whole bunch of very special episodes for sure. Yeah, man. I got I got plans. Well, the- yeah. <laughs> We're going to have guests. We're going to have questions. We'll have a whole podcast, Tim, where you could do nothing but natural disasters. And we'll have a whole No music at all. Just sad disasters. Well, we're going to have a NASA episode, too. Best songs about space travel. Oh, better yet. No, no, no songs. I think just space. And also (laughs) colonoscopies. That's it. That'll be the whole episode. I am am totally in on this. We'll be halfway to Saturn and halfway up Tim's spot. That'll be the place. (laughs) I believe you mean halfway to Uranus then. (laughs) Oh, come on. Too easy. See, that's too gold. Wow. Wow. Okay. We are 
coming out on fire tonight in 2011. <laughs> Must have been a good year for, for the two of you. I wanted to share with you some feedback. Do you remember the Fine family uh, who are friends of mine and the mother was very offended by our Eagles uh, dissing? Do you remember yeah, that back were. in the day? Yes. So her son is, is asking what happened to Tim Les listens to Kanye. And he does have a point because, Ben, you could speak to this. In 2010, we, we just released the podcast this morning. We, we didn't mention Kanye at all. Oh, dude, we'll have some tonight. But, Don't worry. Oh, it's coming up tonight. The hit gets released later. Okay, good. Because he says um, it's the greatest album of all time. Oh, I will discuss this exact issue. I, I, and, and like the Kanye heads are going to come for me, despite me being the biggest, I mean, among the biggest Kanye, certainly on this podcast. Uh -huh. But yeah, I no, Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy is not my favorite. And it's not even like close to my favorite. Part, part Mozart, part Method Man. Sure. Part seven minute songs. Yeah, that's uh -oh. what it is. Uh-oh. I love love okay. this guy. You can set your watch to Ben Gitzford mid song, man. I love it about him. Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Is gonna oh, oh wow. That is his mantra. Jeff Simon's on fire tonight. Uh let's I'm get out. right. That's <laughs> that's it. It. We're good. Let's get right to uh 2011. It's the number one hit, and it is the Grammy winner, all in one fell swoop. Uh, do you have a guess, Ben Barton? That's what I was going to ask. Uh, I looked it up, but I would oh. have guessed. I might have been able to guess this well, anyways. I mean, this is the Adele year. Like this, this, this yeah. went completely off the hook, so hard. And I really like Adele. Like I was not, didn't hurt my feelings at all. This was great. Wait, totally great. You looked it up. Yeah, oh sometimes I'll look it up. <gasps> oh my God, the truth is coming out. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> just to practice, are we still in shock? shock just style? to practice, uh, practice your reactions in the mirror. What about this one? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Adele. It's the Grammy winner. It's the number one hit, Rolling in the Deep by Adele. It's bringing me out the dark Finally I can see you crystal clear Go ahead and sell me out And I'll lay your ship back See how I'll leave with every piece of you Don't underestimate the things that I will do There's a fire starting in my heart Reaching a fever pitch And it's bringing me out the dark Scars of your love remind me of us. They keep me 
great about that song is she knows what's coming. She she knows the voice she has. Whereas I'm like caught off guard. It's like, whoa, she can really sing. Do you want to go, Jeff, or me? No, I'll go first. I love this song. I like um, I whoever came up with the idea of switching the acoustic guitar on the two instead of the one so that the intro isn't like every other intro like that ever was that's a, just a brilliant little mini change that made my ears perk up the first time I heard it. I love how woody and old fashioned the production is. Uh, it's a great song. She sings her ass off. Like I, I I'm, I'm an Adele. I'm not an Adele fan. Like I don't own these records, but I'll never turn her off when it's on the radio. I actually, she does a ballad four years later um, that I really love that wasn't one of the hits. What's it um, called? It's called When We Were Young. I thought that was great. That's a great ballad. But Rolling the Deep's my favorite song by her. Um, it just kicks ass every time it comes on. I'm uh, I'm happy. And uh, as Grammy winners go, this is yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, shockingly good. But also not. I mean, it's a throwback, right? I mean, it's a throwback in terms of production. Um, which is partly why I like it. It sounds like the soulful instruments that she heard as a kid rather than a modern take on that. But uh, it's a great story. It's just like talent winning out. Right. And uh, I'm all about it. It's a great and, song. And and on a, on a podcast where we're going to talk about top three female vocalists of all time, it's so appropriate that Adele is our Grammy winner. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm a huge fan partially for the reasons Jeff said it's it's retro and throwback and still good. Yeah. It's like, that's a tough combination to hit. And yes, she manages to drill that. This was a gargantuan, massive radio hit. Right. And um, this year, 2011, the girls are now 10 and eight. I listen to a crap ton of top 40 radio and it's always <laughs> a relief when Adele comes on. Yeah. yeah. Aside, not just because I'm a grandpa, it's partially a relief because it's so weird sounding. This is part of the reason why I like Taylor Swift too. Like it just doesn't sound, or, or um, there's these other acts where it just doesn't sound like everything else. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a completely fresh take. It's super strange that this was a gigantic hit. Like I really don't understand it. I mean, I like it, but I mean, uh -huh. as to why other people would like it, it's a mystery to me for sure. Um, one other thing I would add, she similar to Taylor Swift has the A plus 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 all the pluses you want to add traveling band. Like yeah, got every single best player in Britain playing with her. <laughs> yeah, she does. Her guitarist is Michael Kiwanuka, who in and of himself is the British <laughs> Hendrix. He oh, shreds. Really? Those records are great. His solo albums are awesome. I saw him at Bonnaroo. I was blown away. Yeah, I love I his can, work. And then they interview burn. him and they're like, well, you're such an amazing artist. Why would you go out with Adele? And he's like, um, money and Adele? <laughs> yeah. i didn't do the british accent but i mean it's like that, that's, that's how good she is to them and that's what she's gathered and you can tell it on the records like the playing is amazing she's a great pianist her singing oh, is yeah. great she's I actually like, I, I had to think hard about it i don't think this is my favorite one it's one of the piano ballads i just love her piano ballads so much yeah like, they're good too but i just I, the reason this was a gargantuan hit is like i mean it's so perfectly put together like that yeah. kind of fuzzy fuzzy guitar and then when that drums kick in and they left all of the woody like after effect, like it's not like a, a Lynn drum pulse, like everything else in top 40 radio at the moment is that thump thump. And it's people 
it's great people playing and you just can't i mean that is just a magic thing and it's yeah. just brilliantly constructed as uh just as a single Good stuff. and and um she you know her band it's kind of like when Joni mitchell had every great jazz player and Joni mitchell was still the thing you stared at like when she had that band that had jaco pastorius and the guy from weather report and steve yeah, Gadd totally. on drums like everybody in the 70s the best guy at every position and she was still the most arresting thing like that's when you know you that's just got you've got a real yeah you've yeah got no we're sting of the dream of the blue turtles band yeah, same thing exactly that's perfect analogy anyway yeah. i'm I Love was thrilled it. when you sent me the email because I don't ever look it up because I want to go to heaven. And, uh, <laughs> First I of all, you get it ahead of time. So no <laughs> bragging. All right. That's true. I mean, no bragging uh, at all. But I love this one. I was like, thrilled. I was thrilled when Tim sent it to me. So. Uh, all right. Well, we are going to move right along. we got a lot of music to get to tonight. We've, uh, I've got, we've got the top three vocalists, but I also have something else Uh-oh. that we need to unpack. So I'm going to cut negative news whoa yay. yay should i mention it and then just to say we're no. kind of <laughs> you're so funny would you feel a responsibility to be negative like cut that shit well i mean when you have a tsunami hit a nuclear power plant it's just never mind all right that well, does we'll hit talk. two of your favorites and just like catnip for little timmy <laughs> <laughs> Did all a right. rocket take off at the same time? Because that would really yes. hit all three. Yeah, you might actually. <laughs> um, uh, Obama announces uh, the death of Osama bin Laden. After doing the White House Correspondents' Dinner, right? Knows, he- knows what he knows, cracks jokes, and then announces it that night, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I strongly recommend Zero Dark Thirty. If you haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty, oh. I thought that movie was Woo! like really exceptional. My agree, so great. I, I tried to get saw, my daughter. Saw it on your recommendation, and and uh, I oh, yeah, it's, it's strong. When she keeps putting up the, the oh my days. god, dude, that performance oh. is just across the it. hook. That's one just of the best female performances yeah. of that decade. It's amazing. Oh, you know, so I saw good. Jurassic Park five last night, and it wasn't quite as good. <laughs> 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 at least your talents are being well used yeah, I mean, yeah. can you tell ben Talk about that's money and dinosaurs is the answer to why she did that ben Barton. getting back to michael kiranua can you tell that jeff simon's got his first vaccine shot today the kid is on fire oh he's yeah like, he's Woo! got a little, a little click in his step for sure <laughs> look at I this i didn't have to work i didn't have finger. to work for 23 hours <laughs> the last two days either like that helps i got all sleep. right uh the arab spring starts in so the Arab Spring starts in 2010 in December, but would you count it as a 2010 event or 2011? That's really up to the host, isn't it? Well, good, because it's similar to the Lydia Loveless Steve Earle question. <laughs> she writes it in one year, records it in, no, okay, sorry. Uh, the Arab Spring begins in Tunisia, spreads to Egypt, Yemen, Bahrain, Syria, Libya, kind of transforms. And I remember having a student from Yemen here at Asheville School at the time. uh, And he was just like, what am I doing here? Why am I, you know, why am I in the mountains of of North Carolina when I should be back at home, you know, participating and and helping reshape my home country? Um, 
and Timmy, you know better than Jeff or I, but my impression is that that it's just been a disaster. Like, yeah, that's literally had made. I mean, I don't know about Tunisia, but all those other countries are are way worse, way worse. And that's yeah. that, that's yeah. that's grading on a very tough, uneasy curve. Like they're worse than they used to be. Right. Yeah. Ye- Yemen's that the Yemen civil war and like, all right. the other Some countries optimal. getting involved. <laughs> tragic. Serious. Tragic. Um. Egypt's been a disaster. Right. I mean, it's like, I was so warm hearted to that. And that was actually an early, like, oh, maybe Twitter would be a good thing for the world. And then it just really turned sour. Has not worked out the way we had hoped. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Way to get away from that negative news, baby. (laughs) Because in 2011, Burma moves towards <laughs> democracy after 25 years. Oh, of come on. Military. I really? know. I know. Uh, you know, if you live long enough uh, here on the 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys podcast, if you live long enough, uh, things seem to get circular. All right. How about this? Don't ask, don't tell is repealed. First of all, here's a question for you, Jeff Simons. What did you think of the don't ask, don't tell policy, which was the military's way of saying, if you're gay, I thought it was stupid. And wait, wait. And who was in charge of naming the policy? Well, Clinton, that was Clinton's like first thing, right? I mean, I was of all the things to run out of the box as a president was the shh rule. Like I just, when that happened, I was, I was just, in disbelief at the choice of all the things to define the first 90 days of your presidency, that that was one of them, but whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, what was the rule beforehand? You got dishonorably discharged instantly. You were dishonorably discharged from being gay. Yeah. So, So this was a policy that said you could be gay, but you just don't tell anyone. Right. In other words, we can't, we won't kick you out if you are, as long as you keep your mouth shut. But like, I mean, that's I mean, people got out of the Vietnam War by making making passes at their at their, uh, you know, figuring like encourage like uh, not encouraging, convincing the guy interviewing you that you were effeminate enough to leave out of the army. But I mean, Martin, any thoughts on the. Yeah, here's what I'll say about it. Of don't ask, don't tell. You can't grade that based on where we sit now. Oh, I know. At the time, in my opinion, and people could disagree, that was a medium brave thing for Clinton to do. And that was weirdly a step forward for gay rights. That's how bad it was. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. So I'm not saying, uh, like, obviously that's not a good ending point. And the the humorous thing is, like, you described that to my daughters, and they're (laughs) like, like, you're like, what barbarian world did you live in where that was okay? And I'm like, well, how about the world where you just got tossed out for even possibly being gay? But that was way (laughs) worse. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a stand, make a stand. That was such a strange, like, here's a no, stand. No, but that's the same thing we'll with Obama. People, like, for a big stretch, he, was, he wasn't for gay marriage. No, I know. Like, what a coward, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I'm like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, he was, he was cutting edge for a majority politician at the time. Well, also, you can't be cutting edge on everything. I mean, that's what, that's what you learned about, you know, that's what you learn about people. Like, if you, if you take on all things all at once, you take on nothing. Like, you have to, you have to prioritize change you can make because you can't make all change because if you could somebody would have done it and 
that's just not how the, oh. just not how things happen. So. Don't ask, don't tell. That's what we're gonna call it. Okay. What would you call it? I don't know. I mean, shh. don't ask, don't it's tell. Than- <laughs> just shh. I think that they should have called it awesome gay sex. Just don't talk about it. But yeah. Yeah. That would have been better. That would have probably been more descriptive also. It's great like, for just you. Just get it in. However. Enjoy yourself. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah. All right. What happens in the barracks stays in the barracks. They should have done the Vegas thing with it. Yeah. Right. All right. We're going to go to the invitation to cynicism right now because 2011 was also the year of Occupy Wall Street, which happened in New York, Chicago, L.A., Oakland. Jeff, was it in very much? There was one in D.C. too. There was one in D.C. I remember the one where John Lewis went to visit with the protesters and they wouldn't let him talk. And I thought, oh, okay, this has gone off the rails. You know, you've got a civil rights leader who's been fighting injustice uh, his whole life and has paid for it in blood. And they are considering John Lewis uh, part of the problem. What what do you guys think of Occupy Wall Street? That wasn't much of a setup there. Uh, that no, no, take, take any position you want. I think uh, <laughs> I well, loved it when they stuck it to John Lewis. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank all goodness that. someone finally got that. <laughs> I know, right? All that March comic book money that guy's rolling in. <laughs> I think any social movement is complicated, especially one with no coherent leader or structure. I think it was, uh, I mean, yeah, there, on some days I felt tremendous affinity. And on some days I was like, well, that's foolish. And I think that, I think yeah. most people feel Sums that way up. about most, most anarchic in the moment movements as they happen, you know, like, but I think that the act of, uh, the act of pumping the brakes and asking why we do the things we do is how change happens. And sometimes Uh that doesn't happen cleanly or politely. And I'll pay that price for progressive change a hundred times out of a hundred. Like if I have to, if I have to like stand next to a hacky sack guy who thinks John Lewis is a corporate raider, (laughs) For progressivism to happen, I could I could swallow that annoyance, you know. Is that true? Because okay. I can't at all. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not hanging out with him if well, I can help it. Uh, but are I, you gonna hack? Are you gonna hacky sack? Do you have hacky sack skills? Definitely not. Okay. I'm definitely not gonna wow. hacky sack. No, and the good news is my daughters don't listen to this. But like both of my daughters, first of all, my daughters are hilarious. Okay. Second of all, they're super smart, and I'm sure they're gonna change world it'll be amazing okay. third they love to make fun of me they call me the most corporatist man in america oh, for consider me like a huge competition and corporate person which is absolutely fair i am definitely pro competition okay Anyhow, when we get into these discussions and they're they're <laughs> way more cogent than the occupy wall street people i'm like okay so you don't like competition like like what like i, I hear your criticisms of 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 capitalism fair yes capitalism's got a lot of major problems what would you prefer because it's it's not a single option you're not like oh this sucks so get rid of it you have to tell me what would be better and then all of their better options i'm like well good luck with that yeah here's a problem right i mean (laughs) 
and I describe it as the menu of shit sandwiches. Like sometimes you go to a restaurant and all you have is bad options. And then you just have to choose the shit sandwich that has the least amount of shit in it. Right. And I'm just going to tell you that some of the options that the Occupy Wall Street people were having were like, oh, there's a lot of shit in that sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) It's three quarters shit. Yeah. Uh, Well, that must be a great conversation. Yeah, no, they love it. Are you the most corporate person on this podcast as well? Oh, it seems likely. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Come on. None None of us are corporate. I'm the number one person most likely to play Monopoly and want to win. That's a fact. That's why we should go video. If anybody saw the backgrounds of any of these three Zoom calls, no one's like, oh, corporate. (laughs) For God's (laughs) sake. Ben has a framed poster or two. That's the closest we get. That is. I mean, actually, it's funny. I've been thinking about that a lot this year. Like, I mean, there. How much do I want to talk about this in a music (laughs) podcast? At one, one of our episodes down the line we should talk about proximate rage and uh you know the just the idea of what do you do with the anger that you have when no one is listening and you and the person next to you is willing to listen but is also not your enemy like right which is kind of what happens right like oh sure people like you know i get blasted all the time like you know for things that i don't uh, that i don't agree with but i am the person who looks most like the people who do agree with it and in, in, uh, in the orbit of a person who needs to vent. And I'm right. happy, 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 happy to be that listening ear and play that role. But I also, you know, when, when somebody who has absolutely no right to that rage gets in my face, like Mr. Hackisack guy, that's when I lose my patience. But there's well, gonna luck- be, there's gonna be plenty of those people like gumming up the works of any important social change. And you just gotta, you know, you just gotta live with it. But that's this my- is, this is why you y'all should have had four kids. Because by the time the older two are tired of it, the younger two start to get it. Listen, and another thing. That's awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Real quick quiz. First synthetic organ transplant happens in Sweden in 2011. A completely synthetic organ that uh, the person received and then lived with. Which organ was it? Go. I guess heart. Wait. I think this is a flawed fact because there have been artificial heart transplants. Right? So, what the hell? Me- this... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guess gallbladder because this doesn't mean anything. It's actually, and I'm gonna burn my guess on a joke. I'm gonna go back and check this website because it it was the trachea. The but trachea? I, I, yeah, I need to understand what they meant by synthetic. Huh. By the way, can I ask you guys a question? Do you remember yeah. the Mash episode where Radar has to perform a tracheotomy with a ballpoint pen? I'll never like. I'll never forget it as long oh, as I'm he's like out in the like, field or something. Yeah, as yeah. someone that's way too young, is like eight years old, and they like show him do the incision, and Alan Alda's on like the crank phone talking him through it. Anytime I hear the word trachea, I think of radar <laughs> sticking a ballpoint pen in a guy's neck so he can survive on the way to get back to the mash unit, <laughs> and always will. Like that's just burned <laughs> into my brain for life. 
I think right. really I, got out of hand. I we had like a false fact by Timmy, a guess by me, and then we ended up with Radar doing surgery on MASH in the 70s. And well, by the way, Jeff's eight and watching TV by himself. Like this is really, that didn't, didn't work out for us. You know, the older crowd is excited about the MASH reference. Uh, we yeah, the Radar, the, the Radar Facebook discussion group, Gary Berghoff's discussion group, <laughs> the roof. and I just pulled off Radar's actor's name, off the top of my head for X. George and I just watched MASH the movie two days ago. Oh, is that oh, right? Wow. Huh. Yeah. So much darker than the TV show, right? Yeah. It's pretty good. It was really yeah. weirdly good. And also it was hilarious. Like nothing happens in the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's I remember right. that about it. We gotta move on because I've got <laughs> I've got a huge impossible question for you all. Okay. Because in 2011, REM breaks up. And Jeff, would you please play R.E.M.'s These Days and let's have some drums get our hearts pumping. I would be glad to play R.E.M.'s These Days. Good choice. Who, who plays drums for R.E.M.? Bill Barry. On He's that crushing it there. But you know um, that he leaves the band because he has I an know. aneurysm live on stage. Just checking. I know. Oh, wait. I didn't know it was live on stage. Yeah. That sounds bad. Yeah. Was bad. Radar there? No. <laughs> no. Somebody else had to say him. That's gold, though. That's pretty gold. All right. If they're breaking up in 2011, Ben, I know you have some issues with R.E.M., but let's hear it. favorite REM song. Go. Got to call it right now. Ooh, that's a great one. Driver 8. Oh, excellent. Jeff? Well, I might have gone with these days. It's an Is impossible that question. That's my choice. Uh, I'll go, go with change else then. I'll go with, uh, I'll go with Life and How to Live It. How's that go? Help me out. It's from Fables of the Reconstruction. Okay. This one here. I'll play in the middle. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good one. Oh, so good. So great. Where did it all go wrong? Green. It, went all, it all went wrong in 1988 on the Green record for me. Uh, Freshman year of college, that record came out. I wanted to love it. And I was like, eh. Uh, After that, I was... I was even lukewarm on the ones you were supposed to love, like Out of Time, I Wish Was Faster, and yeah, they just... No band went from a highest high to lowest low for me. Then, then They're on the list of uh, bands Big, that really bummed offs. me out in the second half of their career, yeah. Okay. Yeah, do you, we did our favorites. Uh, what's the worst? Oh, great question. It's um, got to be a big one because... Oh, no, I've got a tie. Uh, Are you ready? Yeah, I, I've got Stand. Stand in the place That's where a you great live. one. That's not oh, one of my two. Good. Okay. What do you got? I've got Everybody Hurts. Oh. That's yep. gold. Gold. <laughs> By the way, it's so bad that it's a hilarious <laughs> joke. Anybody right. our age? Yeah. Like, when someone's being upset, I'll be like, 
Everybody <laughs> hurts. hurts. And it just cr- kills the room. Everyone's yep. like, ha, ha, ha. Yep. And then uh, shiny happy people. Yeah, that's got to oh, be Oh, God. That's awful. But shiny Stand is really bad. Stand is really bad, too. Yeah. That was, both, that was that, that's that moment where they really start to bum me out. I mean, they have worse songs than those, like that are just like one note boring. But those songs are so uh, disappointing in their catchiness. They sit in your head and piss you oh, off. Dude, you know what? Yeah. Sorry. You know what I forgot <laughs> to tell you in the Radiohead? Every, every, uh, everything in its right place. Yeah. The song, How to Disappear. You know, the, the, the lyric, the repeated lyric, I'm not here. This isn't happening. Yeah. Do you know where Tom York heard that? Where? I can't. Michael Stipe. Oh, wow. He went to Michael Stipe and said, I'm really struggling with being a rock star. It's really hard. And he said, I stand in front of the crowd and I have a mantra and it's, I'm not here. This isn't happening. Oh my God. It's perfect. Can you believe that? (laughs) I was like, oh, thanks for passing your mental illness along. How about cheering fucking Tom York up? Help a brother out. That's not good advice. Like if another professor came to me and was like, COVID's really been hard for me. I would not be like, I'm not here. This isn't happening. (laughs) Click, zoom off. I will say this about R.E.M. Like they've stayed really super close friends. Um, I have my my friend James, uh, who I play in bands with, is in Chuck Prophet's band. And they went down to Mexico and did a whole bunch of shows with Peter Buck's garage rock band and Michael and Bill Berry and Mills were all there just hanging out. And it's like- Or like four college friends all still, oh, still great. Well, they're nice to each other. So they got out of it with their uh, one friendships. Piece, yeah. And, yeah. So that's a, there's something to be said for that. All right. Know. All right. Fifth year old white guys. We have to make a decision right now. I gave you an, an assignment. Best female vocalist of all time. Top three. Yeah. Should we, should we push it in next week? No. All I'm right. Let's go. It. Let's go. What do you got? Jeff Simons, you go first. Well, here's what I want. I want to go second on this so I can go first on the song because there's a, there's a tie-in between my pick for the week and you the female You want to go second vocals. on this? Oh, better yet. That's first. easy for me. Good. I get the number one pick on the board. Yes. The most obvious one. If Jeff didn't have this one, he doesn't have ears. Aretha Franklin. Number one. Excellent. Excellent. Number Aretha one. Aretha Franklin's an easy one. No question. She gathers it all. Like her gospel work is amazing. Her pop work is spectacular. Her live acts, unbelievable. Her songwriting, her range, everything. She's the best. The Michael Jordan, the GOAT. Number Couldn't one. agree more. No argument. Number one with a bullet. Wow. Aretha Franklin. Okay. Done and right. done. Ben, who's your uh, second of your top three greatest female vocalists? No, no, I'll let Jeff go. Oh. Number Jeff. two, for, well, yeah, yeah. Well, gonna, I'll do one, you do one, and yeah, you yeah, end yeah. on three, the, the tie-in. Number two, I'm going to go with somebody who never made the great record, made great individual tracks, but I don't think ever put out a full album, so I wanted to give her the shout-out because she combines the, the gospel range with the gritty R&B, with uh, an, a remarkable authenticity, uh, and it took her a long time for her to get her due. And I'm going to go with Tina Turner. As oh, my I like okay. it. Okay. Um, All specifically, right. Specifically for the performance on River Deep Mountain High, which is the greatest song nobody knows. Phil Spector production from 1966 with the full orchestra. Her vocal performance on River Deep Mountain High is, is that one, the of one, you, the, one of the you... greatest American vocal performances ever done. And if you haven't heard it, you got to hear it. It's It's one of those tracks where... 
Nobody knows it because it's not on a greatest hits and the the, the rights to the track hold, were caught hold up. Hold on, in, where's my pen? River Deep on. Mountain High. River Deep Mountain High, Ike and Tina Turner, where Ike's job was to sit in the chair and shut the hell up while uh, Tina did her thing. But Which that, I'm sure he failed at. He failed miserably <laughs> at, yeah. But that's my number two is Tina Turner. All right. Ben. I am going to choose Beyonce. Oh, Ooh. And I'm going to recommend the live Coachella set. Okay. It is her career defining all of her greatest hits. It's got all the single ladies. It's got who runs the world girls all the way up through formation, all of it live in person with an HBCU marching band behind her. It's freaking off the hook and amazing. The beehive will like, you know, I'm not the right person to pump it up, but yeah. she is, has had an unbelievable, spectacular career. She's a great singer. She's an amazing entertainer. Like, and just the taste, like her taste making every single record gets better. Right. Beyonce. Oh, awesome. So great. All right. You go. Who's you your go third again. place? Three. Ben Barton. Okay. Uh-oh. I have pausing. an obvious choice and a harder choice. I'm going to choose the harder choice. I love it. Okay. Randy Carlisle. Wow. Randy Carlisle bridges the gap of everything wow. that I like white singers to do. She's okay. got, like, if you see her live, she's got the old-fashioned Melissa Etheridge just belted. She's a spectacular live act. She's a great yep. guitarist. She's got an amazing, she's got a band where two of the dudes are identical twins. It's like the craziest thing you'll ever see live. (laughs) She shreds. She's great on the guitar. She's a powerhouse. She's a Springsteen level singer. She's freaking great. Great. And she can do folk and she can do country. Brandy Carlisle. I love it. Um, Not not Belinda Carlisle. Because that was my pick. That was his easy Uh, pick. (laughs) Jeff, what do you got? Tom, my easy pick was Madonna. Do you have Madonna? No. No. My number three is my artist for this year. Oh, wait. You didn't do... You have to do three people. I know. This... My number three person is also my song for this oh, year. Oh, got so it. Wanna... You're going you're gonna to glom onto Aretha. I'm let, trying to let's, segue in. Let's go. Our three songs. Our three songs. All right. So my pick for 2011 is a song that I actually got to play on. I am. I play nice. uh, bass. I think some keyboards on this song, and it is uh, my all. It's it's my maybe my all time favorite song. It's tied for first for my number three female vocalist and my artist for this year, which is somebody I have played for, for 17 years. I am giving the shout out to Ms. Megan Slankard as nice. the vocalist you've never heard. So Megan was born in Turlock, California, out in the Central Valley to uh, hippy-dippy parents who homeschooled her. Okay. Uh, kept her out of the public school system. Megan uh, didn't was kind of living a very quiet, they, have big, they had a lot of land out there. She's living a very sheltered life and uh, they don't have TV. And they got a FMAM radio and a library card. And one night, the dad brings home uh, a VHS copy of the Beatles movie Help for the family to watch on Friday night movie night, which was let's the go. One to 
week they were allowed to watch television. And uh, <laughs> Megan, wa- 30 minutes through help, she's like, I'm doing that for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a, a guitarist and a singer-songwriter. I believe she was 11 years old. It is the only job Megan has ever held. Starting at 13 years old, Megan started playing pizza parlors and coffee shops. She made her first record when she was 15. Um, I started playing with her. I believe she had just turned 21 or maybe she was still 20, but uh, I met her. Megan opened for the Rich Price Band at Slim's. um, And, uh, you know, it was a long tour. We had just got home. Uh, The band, the three guys in the band and I were sitting at the bar and we were tired and we were just waiting to go on. And this band came up on stage and the kid opened her voice and we all looked at each other because it was the best thing we'd heard on the road. We'd opened for like 50 different acts. And it's the first time somebody made us jerk toward the stage. We walked up and uh, the third number I turned and said, is this the best vocalist you've heard in a long time? They're both like, yeah, this kid's unbelievable. She had, I mean, and Megan's like, I don't know if she's, if she's five, five, she's that's on right. tippy toes. It's a tiny person, just enormous voice, crazy range. And so I, because I'm an opportunistic kind of guy, I wormed my way into her band as fast as I could and I've never left. But so the first group, the band that she has now has been together for 16 years. The five of us have been Megan's band with no change to the personnel wow. for a decade and a half. We've made three records with her. This is the first one we got to make with her. Um, it's the last song. I think it's the last song on that record. It's a song called Show Up. Um, and this is the record, I think, where Megan put it all together. Her first record is was made in her basement. Then she made an EP with uh, some local hot shots. It's very good. The songs are great. But it's like she's still young. And the guys making the record had a lot more experience. And they really more made the sound. But this is the first record where she and the five of us and our dear friend Jerry Becker, like we went into the studio, we, we'd been playing the songs live for three years. We knew what we wanted to get. We went in and got it. And uh, so it's the first record where I think Megan sounds like herself. Um, this is a song called Show Up. And it's a song about uh, beating yourself up because you don't have the strength to do what you know you need to do. Um, it's about being in a quasi-abusive relationship. It's about facing your own insecurities and demons and uh, declaring your independence from those things. Um, every time we play it on stage, I get goosebumps. Um, oh, cool. Uh, I'm going to play the first 30 seconds or so so you can hear where it starts. It starts with a whisper, and then I'm going to play the point where Megan shows off why she's number three on my all-time All right. favorite Let's uh, go. singers list. I love it. Not to mention, there's a pretty... Pretty great little baseline going on in this song. <laughs> anyway, here's Show Listen Up carefully. by Megan Slankard. Here we go. Show Up by Megan Slankard. I don't like this any more than you do. I'm done. Come to think there might be something wrong with you Forewarn So she's got that quiet thing going and then I'm going to take us to the bridge and the fade out so you can hear her go for the for the big note here oh, you still live here I have lived 
Yep. So that's, uh, I've, I've played that song a hundred times live with Megan. I've never heard her miss the note. Um, (laughs) I have never seen an audience that, I mean, most, we have fans who know what's coming, but every time we play that song and she goes for that note, like you watch, you know, 40 or 50 people get it, you know, like it's just one of those, uh, she's just a tremendous talent. Her pitch is, is remarkable. And, uh, in a in a in a world where things were more equitable, Megan would be a household name. But um, right. I would play in her band for free, and uh, it's been an honor to play with her. And she is indeed my my third all time favorite and, singer. Megan Slankard show up two thousand eleven. Super super nice as well. Like she she allowed uh, me to use that song in in my short film for West Asheville, which is great. Well, there What's you go. Called? Token of a wreckage. So great. Yep. Same record. But this same show up's the one. If you haven't ever heard her, if this if you're listening to the podcast and, and you think I'm a homer, uh go listen to the whole thing and, and tell me I'm wrong. And Timmy, but, you've uh, seen them live, right? I have. Well, no, I'm thinking of the video. <laughs> well, it's a live performance <laughs> in the video. <laughs> same I've, tomato tomato. I, I watched it so no, many times I thought you I was a part of it. <laughs> Dude, I've seen them live, I don't know, three three times, Jeff? I've seen yeah, them multiple so. times, and they're great. They yeah. are legitimately great. And it's actually, it's a great, it's a great parallel to Brandy Carla in the following way. Um, so, I mean, if you, like, like she can be a solo acoustic act. Yeah. She right. is a fantastic solo acoustic act. She's a, a really good guitar player. She's got a beautiful voice. Songs are good. And she can carry a band. And yep. by the way, it's not an apologetic band. Like sometimes you'll see a solo acoustic act where they get like a real quiet band behind them. And it's like just a stand up bass, you know, with the acoustic. Yeah, right, right. Like <laughs> there's no other guitarist and maybe there's a keyboard. So they're like, just stay out of the way. We're just like here as adornment. That's not the situation with this band at all. It's a powerhouse band. Right. And she carries it. Yep. They don't wash over her. They don't overpower her. They empower her. She can do the solo acoustic and carry that freight with that amazing band. And I mean, Jeff's not going to brag. They are great live. They're yeah. really, 
really a killer live act. And how do you know? Like they pack a house in San Francisco, which is not an easy town to be a local band in. You know what I mean? Like to have a big enough following where we can play the Great American. Like they uh, they bring it. They're terrific. And by they, uh, no shame to Jeff. I mean Megan. Like yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Yeah. She carries it. She can she confront that band. And that's not saying nothing. That's a really, yeah. really, really impressive feat. Good stuff. Woo-hoo. Oh, well, you got to go back on the road. Uh, when he hit Nashville, I know, right? I mean, post Megan, like Megan, Megan sings for a supper. Like she plays two hundred gigs a year. This has been a hard, wow, been a hard, hard eleven months. But oh, uh, gosh. she's, you know, she's trying to figure it out. All but, right, yeah, Ben Barton. I mean, Tim, thank you for giving me the intro into my pick. First, I will note, it's my understanding, according to the rules, which I don't choose to follow, that you can only have two songs from a particular artist. I will note, this is not a Kanye song. Ah, here we go. This is a Kanye Jay-Z song, which is a different act than just Kanye. So So just to clarify, the last time we checked in, (laughs) right, this is a different act. This would be like choosing a Traveling Wilbury song. That's not a Tom Petty song. Uh, It's a Traveling Wilbury song. I'm going to allow it on a technical. So uh, last time we checked in, it was College Dropout. Right. Kanye follows up College Dropout with late registration, which uh, all of these records are mixed. Like he's just one of these artists where like the best records have six just amazing songs and six mixed songs. You just have to take that with Kanye. Late registration is the highest highs. That may be my favorite peak Kanye album. That's the Gold Digger one. Um, right. Then he follows it up with Graduation, which I'm a little less cl- pleased about. Basically, Late Registration is a super interesting record. It's got a bunch of strings on it. He hires a, like a producer who's really, really, really into these big string arrangements. And that was the record does. <laughs> He's continuously finding these weird combinations. Graduation, he gets more into techno. And now he's getting to be a gargantuan, massive hit. Like Stronger is the like a, a huge number one hit. In uh, November 2007, I mentioned when I described College Dropout, his relationship with his mom, the one yeah. person who ever really loved him and believed in him and launched him on his career. Yeah. His mom dies getting plastic surgery. Oh, oh God. And like Insert- just as a metaphor... Oh. What as a metaphor for Kanye's life? Like, can you imagine how oh. brutal that is? She's like basically getting a, a elective a, a surgery, reduction, a elective surgery to make herself look skinnier. This is my understanding, um, and that just oh. as a symbol of everything that happened to that poor guy. I mean, again, poor guy. What he's Kanye West, but I mean, that's a brutal, that's brutal, brutal thing for yeah. him to live through. This is the only continuing relationship he's had in his life. He breaks up with his fiance two months later and he's at sea. He's just lost in 2007. That's November, 2007, June, 2008. He's scheduled to play Bonnaroo. This is the first time I'm supposed to see him. And Timmy, you asked whether I'd gone to a concert by myself. I forgot this. Yeah. I went to the Thursday night and the Friday day of that Bonnaroo with uh, Scott and some other buddies, Scott Schimmel and some other buddies. And uh-huh. I went home. I celebrated George's birthday. I came back. Did you on Saturday <laughs> by myself? That's just a, uh, to see the Saturday lineup at Bonnaroo, and it okay. was a fantastic lineup. Just a, like a short thing. I saw Ben Folds. 
Yep. Then I saw Iron and Wine. Then I saw Pearl Jam. <laughs> and then I was supposed to see Kanye. So we're at Central Time. Pearl Jam goes off at 11 p.m. And Kanye is supposed to come on afterwards. And Pearl Jam leaves. Yay! And no roadies come out. Nothing. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's no movement at all on the stage. And I'm like, Kanye's supposed to come on in 45 minutes and there's nobody moving off the Pearl Jam equipment. I wait a half an hour, nothing, no movement at all. It's now like 1130, which is like uh -oh. 1230 my time. And I'm like, you know You're what? You're getting tie-tie. <laughs> I'm going to go home. And I, I drove oh, back to Knoxville. No. Kanye comes on at 6.30 a.m. Okay. Sunrise. The next day. Because he's in such... And I like I know some of the, the, the organizers or promoters. He's having such a pissing match with them. He basically declines to go on. And the reason why this is so... Like, sorry, it's not actually funny because he's having a breakdown because his mom died. Okay. He won't go on because he needs his light show to be right. So that's why he goes on at dawn when no one can see his light show. That's where we're at. Oh, my God. So he comes on just 45 minutes to 630 in the morning. <laughs> I find out about this later. I'm like, thank God I left. I mean, can oh, you imagine God. if I'd sat oh, in that yeah. field from 1130 at night until 630 in the morning? You would have no. never listened to another Kanye record for the rest yeah. of your life. Uh, oh, so I mean, that would have been. For uh, sure. So that year, later that year. Three weeks in Hawaii, he records 808s and Heartbreaks, which is a super weird record. It's easily his worst record, but it's also his most interesting record. Like, it's a weird auto-tune singing record about how sad he is about his mom dying. It's oh. both gripping and unlistenable at the same yep. time. Like, it's a really <laughs> weird combination of stuff. Yep. It's like Lou Reed's Berlin in that way. Yeah. yeah. Then he puts out Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and Timmy, to your to the your listeners' point, this is the critical high point. All the people who love Kanye think that that's his best record, and are okay. really mad at me because I don't like it. Like, oh, really? I just don't. I don't care for it. It's not 808s, but it's my second least favorite. Well, I mean, after like the the recent stuff all, of all the good records up through Pablo, it's my second least favorite Kanye record. Okay, it is super experimental. It's very interesting. The songs are too long. The best songs on it, Power, Monster, Runaway, are great, but they're really, really, really dark. Monster's oh. a super dark song. He's like, I'm a horrible, horrible, horrible person. That's the song. Yeah, that's it. That never goes anywhere. <laughs> no, no and I'm like, and, and I can see people are like, it's so naked and real. I'm like, that's not like, like I preferred the college dropout version where he's naked and real and goes someplace where he's yeah, not right, just a monster. Right. <laughs> so, 2011. He teams up with Jay-Z. They're supposed to put out an EP, and instead they record an entire record. Jay-Z is likewise in a super interesting spot in his career. 2009, he puts out the Blueprint 3. This goes to number one on the charts, Jeff, setting the record for the solo acts with the most number one albums on the chart. First, wow. who does he displace, and how many number one records does Jay-Z have in 2009? Who does he displace as the solo artist with the most consecutive number ones? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Wait, this I is don't a trick know. question. It's Ariana Grande. No, no it's fucking Elvis. Uh, that's what <laughs> that's I was going to guess. Why did I say how, it? That's how long 
long that record stood. Yeah. Wow. Elvis and, I mean, and by the way, when in 2009, you're breaking Elvis's records, that's oh a career God. achievement thing. You know what right, I mean? Like right. he's really, really, really happening. That being said, like for the, at least for me, and I assume for other Jay-Z people, that he's really on fumes. Like the Blueprint 3 has got some really good songs on it, but he's starting to tail off. And then Magna Carta, the other stuff, I mean, maybe other people feel differently about it. He's really past his prime. 2011, he hits the rejuvenation machine and it's recording a record with Kanye. So here's what I'll say about the record. First, um, here's why I like it better than Twisted Fantasy. It's a whole bunch of three minute bangers. It's just one, like it's when Kanye West focuses in on trying to make hits, some real yeah. magic happens. Right. Um, not like, again, like Jeff will actually agree with this based on what he said on Taylor Swift. Like he spends a lot of time not caring about it. And that's what makes him a real artist. I get guess, but I mean, similar to like, um, like the Coen brothers movies, when they yeah. put on a movie where they're like, it's an hour and a half and it's entertaining. I'm like, wow, let's go. you're let's kidding go. me. When, <laughs> let's put me in the front row for that one. And they're like, oh no, it's a two and a half hour meditation in the book of Job. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'll see that when I get around to it. But that's a tough sell. Yeah, him. man. Yeah. And this is that record, man. It's just, he's trying really, really hard to cut hits. And actually like, this is why the, it was a critical hit but nothing close to Twisted Fantasy because people mm. were like, oh, it's played. It's a greatest hits record. And I'm like, it's played. It's the greatest hits record. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. I like did it Foster Wallace. Like, I'm never going to read Infinite right. Jest, but I like the essays. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, that. no, totally. So, I mean, it's got the it's got the old cut up soul. It's got a song called Otis. That's just an Otis. It's just try a little tenderness remixed. It's got the techno stuff from Twisted Fantasy. It's got the string parts. He brings in a whole bunch of guests. Um, it's one of the very, like, uh, Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is on this record oh. after Nostalgia Ultra. But I mean, it's great. Like, he, again, his taste is amazing. Like, he's on the Frank Ocean thing right out of the gate. Um, and he brings out the best in Jay Z. And it's weirdly humble performance by Kanye. Jay Z gets all the big pieces of chicken. Jay-Z oh, gets the first verses. Jay-Z gets all of the hooks. Kanye's there to support him. And basically you can tell, like he's got this great line where he's like, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. Like there's a <laughs> little short list of people by 2011 where Kanye's going to defer to them. And Jay-Z's uh -huh. on that list. This yeah, may be right. one of the last times ever where he's like, oh, what do you think? Oh, really? Well, I'll do what you think. Okay, um, yeah. Because it's a Kanye record, it comes out two months late. They fight like cats and dogs. It takes them 13 months. They record it all over the world. The first single's a disaster. They don't even put it on the record. <laughs> they don't put out the best song. I think it's the fourth single or the third single is the best song from the record. The song is called N-Word in Paris. The record company is like, and the, the, it repeats, ball so hard, ball so hard, ball so hard. The record company is like, could you please call that ball so hard instead of using the N-word in the title? <laughs> Kanye's like, nope. And they're like, did you know that we can't play this on the radio? When you play it on the radio, they have to say what the song's called, and they're not going to say that word. Can you change it, please? Nope. <laughs> why Kanye why won't you change the name of this and he's like the name is the name that's what it's about that's what it's about Marlo <laughs> Stansfield they just put out <laughs> n-words in Paris 
Um, Jeff, if you'll just give us the first 15 seconds, then I'll give another sample from it. N-Words in Paris by Jay-Z and Kanye West. We're going to skate to one song, one song only. Just a second. When Jeff just cut off, you hear that yeah. behind it. It's got this like air horn thing, <laughs> which is super cheesy. And yet this is a sign of how hard Kanye's trying. I guarantee he put that in and they were like, that's super cheesy. He's like, I don't even care. I want to hit. I want to hit. That's why I put in the air horn sound. I want to hit. And again, you can hear the mix of it. He's got this like weird background sample of a gospel record where they're talking and me like, yeah, 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 in a loop on top of a bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, bam, boom, with no drum track. Like the entire rhythm comes from the synth part. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome toe tapper. Jeff, if you will jump ahead to second 50, we'll hear the end. Now, Jay-Z has been going. Jay-Z gets the first two verses. Start us at 50. That's losing time, hitting behind all these big rocks. Also, I'm shocked too. I'm supposed to be locked up too. You escape, but I escape. You be in Paris, get fucked up too. Also, let's get faded. Libraries for like six days. Gold bottles, soul models, spilling ace on my sick days. Also, bitch, be happy. All right. So, the first verse has like, and this record is packed with it. And it's part of the reason why I find Jay Z and a little bit of the Kanye stuff annoying. Like, he's got the. I drink this brand of champagne and I own this brand of watch and I own Basquiat paintings. Like there's a whole, like I'm unbelievably rich. Can you hear me? Yeah. Somebody's somebody's the cops are coming for somebody. There's like, Oh, all right. Good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that part is super unlikable at the very end of this. He brings it. He's like, you've been through what I've been through. You've been in Paris getting fucked up too, which is perfect. Like, all of the bragging, I, I could care less. Like, I don't know any fancy watches. I don't even know about fancy watches. Like, I'm not interested in that aspect of their artistry. The part where he's like, I mean, describing to you why I care about this, because I came from nothing. I'm supposed to be locked up. I'm supposed to be nothing. And instead, I'm Jay-Z. That part, I'm there for. Like, it's such a powerful thing. And this record is packed right. for that. It's all about what it's like to be famous, but it's also what it's like to be famous when you used to be a drug dealer. Like, yep. when right. you used to be a person from the projects, like, how weird and jarring that is, it's amazing. Okay, um, just play from here, and then you... Oh, actually, before you go, then yeah. we're going to hear the more of the Jay-Z chorus, and then we go into the Kanye verse. This is the first song that I remember... Georgia understanding what different people sound like rapping. So I ah. played this song all the time for the girls. Okay. So I, Georgia was like, Oh, this, this like, it's Jay-Z and Kanye. Who's who. And I would, and she was like, how can you tell? And I was like, Oh, Kanye sneers. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, he's so disgusted with himself. He just sneers his way through his verse. The next time she heard the song, she was like, I heard it. I could totally hear it. <laughs> Ready? Yep. Just might let you meet gay. Shot towns, B rolls, moving the next BK. Calls so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. Calls so hard, motherfuckers wanna find me. That shit crack. That shit crack. That shit crack. 
She said, yeah, can we get married at the mile? I said, look, you need to crawl for your ball. Come and meet me in the bathroom style. And show me why you deserve to have it all. Ball so hard. That she crack. That she crack. Ain't it Jay? Ball so hard. What she order? What she order? Fish <laughs> filet. So that song, that line freaking kills me. Ain't it Cray? Ain't it Jay? What'd she order? Fish, Fish fillet. Such <laughs> an unbelievable joke. The sense of humor of the song is off the hook. Dude, in another minute, they've got a sample from Will Ferrell in the horrible movie, but it's a hilarious sample, Blades of Glory. <laughs> and so one guy says to Will Ferrell, what does that even mean? And he goes, who cares? It gets the people going. <laughs> and there's this amazing quote where Kanye West calls up Will Ferrell and is like, can we use this quote from your movie? And Will Ferrell's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then his samples on this, you know, top 10 hit that's a gargantuan hit, super funny, kills uh. me every time. And again, the what she order fish filet is such a great joke for like this song about being wealthy and you've got a bunch of African-Americans from America in Paris living it up and they're taking these women out and they're getting fish filets. Like, it's just <laughs> an amazing joke. Yep. Wow. Ben, it's not amazing. disappointing. Not disappointing in this. How show. am I supposed to follow that? You've been on fire these last three weeks. No more underdog Timmy. What do you got, brother? I don't think I can follow that. I, I mean, we got to go back to California. We got to go back to small time singer songwriter. Either of you guys know Brett Denon? Sure. Ah, oh. I well, play, I, I played on the I played on the bill with Brett Denon. You have? Yeah, I've met him. He's good. okay. I'm gonna go Which with Sid, Sydney. All right, coming right up. Sydney, I'll Come Running by Brett Denon. crazy cougars jeff simons that's a good line i actually good... remember that from the from that sh from his set that's so funny like i remember him singing that I mean, that's a good line that's a good line i mean he's got some good lines bust through the courthouse doors i'll come running ben do you know that song yeah man i do i looked it up on my itunes that's the one brett Denon song i have 2011 <laughs> hey. that's it on the lover boy record all yep. right lover boy uh, is he a nice guy? I agree. Jeff? I think that's my 
That's that's my favorite of his as well. By the way, Timmy, yeah. you're settling into a new groove. You Am are. I? You're in the singer songwriter country folk rock groove, and you've really like you're you're you're, you're like this is four years in a row, Jeff. I would say a borderline aficionado of the genre. Yeah, of the uh, and and I'm picking out good ones. I feel strongly about that. <laughs> um, self-proclaimed. I'm, self-proclaimed. I'm a little worried. Uh, real quick. Next year, 2012. Jeff, do you have your pick? Uh, let me double check. Yes. What about you, Ben Barton? Yeah. So um, I think I mentioned <sighs> this. Uh, 2007, 8, 9, 10, and 11. I was just really, really, really felt strongly. Locked about. in. Six, I had a problem. You remember I chose an unreleased Prince song. <laughs> 12 is one where I'm in a little bit of a search along with 13, then 14, 15, 16. Basically from 14 on, I'm, I'm extra. I, like There's no room for yeah. me until 20. Like uh, I'm really uh, locked in. 14 and 19, I'm locked in. Brett Denon, Sydney, I'll come running. I am all about that song. Love that song. We'll, we'll die for that song. Next year, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I just looked at it. I don't. I don't even like it. <laughs> wow. I you know. Work because you're on a streak. Like the whole like <sighs> underdog Tim doesn't know. Like you've been like you've been punching toe right. to toe with us for like five years running now. So I will look at the top up, five. Give country- up your seat at the table. I'll look at <laughs> the top five country hits for for 2012. I'll come strong. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's call it a night. That was a good one, though. That was fun. Well done, fellas. Great work on 2011. So male vocalists, top three male vocalists next week. Got it? Got it. All right. Talk to you guys later. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a rating on Spotify iHeartRadio. Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electric acid. Electric acid.